Welcome in. Welcome in. Yeah. Welcome in to another edition. <laughs> Super strong start. Super strong start of Somewhat Mobile. It's a remote version. Uh, obviously, Madeline and I are self quarantining in Boston, uh, so we don't we don't know if we're gonna have the same uh, vibe. But because um, we can't read off each other, we can't see each other, right? Right. And and making matters a little worse, we already recorded this podcast, but. <laughs> didn't record (laughs) so this is take two this is the real play and we just went through the rehearsal that's right uh if we have any more audio issues it probably is because of the remote stuff uh but i just want to say the podcast that we just recorded was the best podcast we've ever done it was amazing and it was amazing it was you guys, we would have won uh, Tony Awards. And I don't know why we would have won Tony Awards because that those are for, you know, musicals and plays. But it was that yeah. good. It was that good. I was like, I have a feeling Meryl Streep is going to call me directly after this podcast because I just nailed this performance. Uh, and that's true. I think, I think it was very likely that that would have happened. So without further ado, we're going to... We're gonna, we're gonna, we're just gonna do it again. Uh, but we're gonna go through a few, a few news oh, nuggets. God. We're gonna keep it short with the news. Uh, we got two items we think are interesting. Uh, then we'll go to a great interview we have with Matthew Hughes. He's a consumer tech and mobile reporter at the Register in uh, in England, and we talk about uh, you know app store fragmentation and and a few other things there. And then we'll talk about some trends we're seeing in Aptopia data. We'll play a game of in or out, and we'll leave you on your merry way. Okay, uh, so let's start it off with the with the news review. All right, that's our new drop. I love it, and we'll slowly filter in more drops, uh, you know, as we go. But first thing I have is yeah. it's a, it's a deal in the marketplace uh, industry. So uh, we're talking things like you know eBay, Craigslist, TradeZ, Mercari. Uh, what it is is there's there's a company called OLX Group and they owned uh, I don't actually know if it's a majority but they owned a chunk or maybe the entire thing of Letgo a chunk a chunk of of Letgo and what they did was they actually led a round 120 million dollar round in Letgo's competitor OfferUp and in that deal OfferUp is actually also acquiring. Let go, and now OLX Group will own a forty percent stake in the combined entity. So a lot of moving parts there, kind of wild. Uh, and what's what's interesting there, from my perspective, is that as far as mobile apps go, uh, Let Go has the bigger app. But the thing is, it's because it's international, and OfferUp is only available in the United States. And if you look at Optopia's data. OfferUp is bigger in the United States than Letgo is. Um, and for those of you who do not know what OLX Group is, uh, they own a few other marketplaces. Uh, one of them is OLX. One of them is AutoTrader. OLX is a popular marketplace in India and South America. Um, and Madeline, I think I think in the previous podcast that we reported, uh, you said you have like downloaded Letgo, maybe used a few other uh, apps of these. Or marketplace apps? Yeah, Poshmark, Craigslist. I think I have either Lego or OfferUp. Um, yeah, it's because it's it's hot right now. It's trendy and good for the environment to be sustainable. 
That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, keep keep it in the fam, as they yeah. say. Um, <laughs> right, <laughs> keep it in the fam. But I used to, um, I used to be on eBay all the time, um, mobile app and and website. Uh, when I was, I was telling Madeline when I was like a fourteen year old kid, I sold everything, like old, you know, Hanukkah gifts that I wasn't, I didn't like or wasn't interested in, like books, anything I could find in my house. Uh, if I wanted cash, it went on the internet, and I would get, you know, even five dollars. I would take. So I was just. It's so on brand for you. I can just imagine like nerdy 14 year old Adam just being fiscally responsible. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. And so we'll, we'll, we'll do a little bit of a lot. This is obviously a big move in the marketplace app space. Um, eBay is kind of the big bad wolf in their space. And so what I did was I created a market of all these apps in Atopia and uh, just looking worldwide over the past 365 days. Uh, we see that if you were to combine uh, OfferUp and LetGo and pit them against eBay, they almost have – it's almost like an even split between downloads in that time frame. And But if you were to look at monthly active users over that time frame, average MAU, uh, we are seeing that the combined entity of OfferUp and LetGo do surpass that of eBay. So – this is a huge move in the space, and and we'll obviously keep an eye on it as we try to keep an eye on everything in this world through mobile, um, and see if there's any big shakeup if eBay starts losing a significant amount of market share, or if eBay announces its own news that's uh, spicy. Right. Cool. Well, excited to see how that shakes out. Yeah, and then uh, Apple Apple made some news with its with its App Store. What do we got there? Yeah, we can't not mention this. The Apple App Store is currently available in 155 countries or regions, but now they're expanding that this year with 20 new countries, allowing you to increase your impact and grow your business in new markets. So 20 new countries um, of these, the ones that I think, think once again adam and i think these are the biggest but i have not checked the population on these like afghanistan and iraq are some two big ones but who knows you know maybe zambia rwanda kosovo those could be popping with a big population um but this is interesting because i was saying to adam too that i just spoke with someone who wanted serbia app data uh, but the app store isn't available there, so we don't see it. So this could definitely change things um, just in the industry in general and for us. Yeah, and I I was trying to find – I couldn't easily find it, so if anyone knows, uh, shout it out to us. Um, I was trying to see if Google Play Store was available in more countries. Obviously, we know it's not available in China, um, but more countries than the app store is. And through a quick Google, uh, I did not figure that out. So let me know if you know. If not – I'll figure it out one day. <laughs> yeah, let us know. He'll get there eventually. <laughs> and uh, to all you app developers out there, there's a couple steps you need to complete by April 10th in order to uh, opt in to those 20 countries. So um, figure it out. You're going to need to go on your App Store Connect, and you're going to need to select the new countries or regions checkbox in the pricing and availability section of your app information page. And that's all after you uh, accept the updated program license agreement. So get to it, guys. Awesome. All right. So before we get into some uh, trends we're seeing in the Atopia data, we're going to send our uh, we're going to send it over to our interview with Matt. All right. On the line, we have Matthew Hughes. 
I don't actually know if you go by Matt or, or Matthew professionally, but he is a consumer tech and mobile reporter at the Register. Um, and you were previously at the Next Web. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm hunkered down, trying to protect myself from COVID nineteen. Right. How, how is that? Uh, how are you? How yeah? How are you uh, coping with that? Do you normally go into the office? Are you a work from home guy anyway? What's changed for you? Uh, so the register has an office in San Francisco, London, and as of last week, Sydney, Australia. I'm based in Liverpool, and it's the greatest city on earth, and I would never leave it. <laughs> so I work from home. Um, but yeah, so I, I haven't really experienced much day-to-day interruption in terms of work. Um, obviously, there's been a huge amount of disruption with regards to the mobile uh, ecosystem, particularly when it comes to launches and, and trade shows. I was supposed to go into MWC, right. uh, which you know obviously did not happen. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you know, it's... It's, it's business as usual. Uh, my biggest concern right now is where will I get toilet paper on my last roll? Oh, no. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. They're, they're, I mean, just like in the U.S., there's been huge panic buying Dang. in the U.K. Uh, so my, none of my local supermarkets have toilet paper. There's no chicken, no ground beef. There is no pasta. Uh, there's very little rice. Um, there's plenty of beer and wine, so we're good on that front. It's just everything else that constitutes a healthy diet is is conspicuously absent. Oh my god, that's awful. Uh, well, hey, I I hope you uh, hope you find some toilet paper, and 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 hopefully some food. Um, yeah, if it gets, start printing out press releases and use them. But uh, until then, we're we're doing okay. Yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna have to get creative. <laughs> i'm a creative man i'm a very creative man so i'll figure it out excellent and are you um have you due to maybe not because you're already you're already uh mainly a work from home guy um but are there any apps that you have downloaded or that you already had on your phone that you're just using more now uh due to the current situation yeah um so food delivery apps are um are getting a decent chunk of my pay packet at the moment, um, particularly Uber Eats and Deliveroo, simply because like if I have a craving for pasta, the only way I can get it is by ordering it from a restaurant because there is no pasta. And I love my carbs, so this is not a natural situation for me. No. Yeah. So, so do you have a do you have an Eats Pass or and I don't know what the equivalent is for Deliveroo or are you just. Uh... Like, yeah, do you, do you pay for a subscription or are you just like one-timing it each time? Uh, I used to have a subscription for Deliveroo, um, but then I realized that it was it, it lowered the barrier to, to ordering food right. so much. Like I could sort of justify it more. And I was just hemorrhaging cash on KFC and Taco Bell. So for my own sake, I canceled that. I don't think Uber Eats has the past thing in the UK okay. yet. I know it doesn't need that. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was supposed to be lunch again. I don't know if it's happened yet. Okay, and so so that's interesting. So I was I was just talking about this with uh, with someone else basically, but um, food delivery. Like, are you? I mean, I don't know what your your opinions are on on the virus in general, but are you comfortable getting food delivery? Like having 
you know, uh, strangers touch the bag that you're about to touch and, and, and what's holding the food, the containers, and then you touching that? Are you taking precautions? Or are you just like, I, I need food because the grocery store is empty and this is the best way to get it? It's a good question. I feel as though with any sort of food-based transaction, there's an element of risk, right? You know, I mean, if you go to a supermarket and buy some chicken or beef, how do you know that that's been stored safely throughout the entire time uh, it, it's been in transit. How do you know that it's been refrigerated? So there's always a kind of risk. Yeah. When I look at, um, my wife works in a hospital. Um, so good. I am going to get coronavirus and I've accepted it. So, you know, right. she's, I'm, co- I'm she's coming in contact with a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, it's going to happen. So, you know, <laughs> let's throw caution to the wind. All right. Unders- understood. And, um, I mean, I'm a tech journalist, so I'm already dead inside, so why not just... Uh, <laughs> there it is. Why not? <laughs> there it is. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm not that worried, no. Okay, good. I'm glad. That's good. It's good for the, it's good for the psyche. I've, yeah. like, I've gone through like periods of freaking out and then being like, this is fine, and then freaking out and being back to this is fine, so I don't know. No, I, I, I just did, mate. I mean, at the end of the day, nothing that we do matters when we die a hundred years from now no one is going to remember our accomplishments so it makes no difference at all have that fucking take out yeah <laughs> everything's inconsequential i think that might be the darkest moment we've ever had on on someone mobile <laughs> never gonna get invited back but that, <laughs> no 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 hey hey we like we enjoy all perspectives um yeah <laughs> five minutes i've already told you that your job is of no consequence and it doesn't matter if you die i mean that is like no i didn't say it in such terms but you know it's okay because my job helps pay for the youtube tv which which i get to uh watch hockey on although it has been canceled but i'm i'm told one day it'll be back yeah um so, uh, pretty much everything has been canceled i know i know your vision your vision your what is that you, do you not know what Eurovision is? I don't think I do. The Eurovision Song Contest. No, I have no idea what that is. So every year, all the countries in Europe, and also Australia, because they like blanked their way in, they have a song contest, and all these countries compete to write the worst song possible. Wow. And and it's like a it's a, it's a it's an actual thing. I have no. You've never seen it? I really haven't. <laughs> but but it sounds YouTube, interesting. Go on YouTube, look up Eurovision, and uh, it will change your life, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm writing myself a note, actually, because I do want to check this out. Eurovision. Okay, cool. Um, all right, what do we got next? I got, I got stuff. Oh, yeah, so the, uh, you're, you're a consumer tech and mobile reporter at the Register. So what... Um, what have you been uh, looking at lately, or has anything been been piquing your interest lately? Um, from the UK, like I think a lot of our listeners are based in the United States, so you bring sort of a or definitely a fresh perspective. So anything that that rings a bell, or or you think um, is a, is a trend you're seeing, would be cool to share. Yeah. Um, so one one thing I I have noticed is and this is kind of pertinent to to your line of business um 
so not so much in the US, but certainly in Western Europe, Asia, and also China, um, Xiaomi and Huawei are very, very like dominant players in the mobile sphere. Right. Um, you know, in some countries, Huawei is the biggest phone manufacturer, or, or if it's not Huawei, it's their subsidiary Honor. Um, so, I mean, these companies sell a tremendous uh, amount of phones throughout the world. And in February, um, Xiaomi, Huawei, and Oppo and Vivo, which are both owned by the same company, BKK Electronics, um, announced that they were going to be launching something called the Global Developer Service Alliance. And each of these companies, um, with the exception of, of Huawei, as a result of the of the NC list that, that the Trump administration placed on Huawei, have their own app stores, which they run uh, in China, but also in the West in parallel to the Google Play Store. And all of these companies want a piece of the, I believe it's like 8.8 .8 billion Google makes each year from the Play Store. Uh, you know, because there's very, very slender margins on phones, particularly when you're looking at phones that are in the, you know, one hundred to five hundred dollar price bracket. So they're trying to they're trying to diversify. They're trying to move into services. So they launched this thing called the Global Developer Service Alliance, and effectively, what it is is it's a way for um, companies, uh, developers, to deploy their apps across each of these app stores. In, a, in just by uploading to a single platform. Um, and it's interesting to know yeah. that this platform for China, it's, well, China is included, but it's also including countries like India, Indonesia, Russia, which are a huge consumer tech markets, but also like places in the West, Spain being the best example. So I think we're going to come to a point where the Google Play Store might no longer be the 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 predominant um app store uh for the android ecosystem and and tangentially but also on that note huawei released their flagship in the uk um which obviously they can't include the google play store because of the right. administration list but they encouraged users to download the amazon app store so we're at an interesting point where you can kind of see the the, the overture of some ecosystem fragmentation. And I'm, I'm curious as to, like, what do you think about that? Because, you know, your business is analytics, app analytics. You're very right. good at it. I like Aptopia. Uh, and you can quote me on that. You know, <laughs> We're going to put that on the website. But I... I I don't know if each of these app stores will offer the same level of access in terms of analytics, right, Google right. Play, and, and and of course monitoring app stores from Oppo, Vivo, Xiaomi, Huawei, and Amazon will complicate your life massively. Yeah, I think a lot of things complicate my life massively. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, no, that's that's super interesting, and and, and you're right. It's like um, 
you know, selfishly, I, we at Uptopia want to measure everything we can. And, you know, it's kind of like the current situation in China for us, right? Um, Uptopia measures, we measure iOS, we measure Google Play, but Google Play is not live in China. And I'm told, and I'm not an expert in China, but I'm told there's like technically like 400 or so app stores, maybe 20 to 40 that actually matter. But like we we don't measure those. We only measure the iOS app store in China. Um, And I think it gives us like an idea of some things happening. Like we understand the trend lines through the iOS app store, but the reality is it's a small piece of China. And so the numbers themselves, the specific numbers outside of the trends are certainly uh, lower than, than what we're, or higher, sorry, much higher than we're able to see. And as more fragmentation happens, I mean, I think we just have to adapt. We have to see, um, you know, can we, can we measure these other stores? One, will, will, will they work with us? Will they allow us to get certain insights that, that are helpful for us to create our estimations? Um, that's a good question. I, I don't know. And then, to you know how long does it take us to we we've essentially like painstakingly built our our models right to be as good as they are and it's and it's taken us some time now we're better at it now so maybe we can um you know kind of expedite it for anything new coming in i'm not sure i'm not the data scientist at this company but um yeah and it's and and it's not just us like we have competitors and our competitors are in the same boat so super interesting um hopefully we can we can measure it all but i really don't know yeah, I, I think the biggest problem with with okay, so so what's great about having a single universal platform for Android apps is that it's a level playing field. So well, it's know, like it's a, it's re- like what iOS is almost in in that in that you you do have that one consistent uh, store across the world. Granted, you know it's not as big as as Android though. True, but that's not quite what I was getting at. Um, so if you look at the Chinese market, um, if you have an iPhone, you are going to be in the middle sort of classes. Um, but that's not everyone in the Chinese market. You know, uh, someone who, you know, might not be as affluent, might have a Huawei mm-hmm. phone or, or a Xiaomi okay. phone or a phone from. So I guess if you're looking at data from a single app store, you have to kind of, want, uh, when it comes to the Chinese market, you have to think, well, who will be using this? Um, and I think we're going to see that also with the, the the GDSA, the Global Developer Service Alliance, on a more wide scale. So Huawei is not as big in the US, but it is a premium brand. A, a Huawei phone can cost over, you know, $1,200 for a flagship. Uh, Xiaomi is kind of, in the middle, um, up on Vivo, it, it depends. But you know, you do, you would infer different things from the App Store of Huawei than perhaps you would from Xiaomi because it's a completely different target audience and, and, and demographic. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, what are you? If you had to prognosticate, um, what what or when do you think that this will like be in in full production essentially if it if it gets there? So it's launched. It's a thing. Um, I I would say it depends on a lot of factors, um, and I think certainly the the policy of the Trump administration being a a, a huge factor. Um, it has already pushed Huawei to spend over a billion dollars on their app platform the Huawei app gallery 
In fact, there are 3,000 engineers working on the app ecosystem at Huawei. So Google is going to, for the first time, I think, have competition. Um, it's a serious now, well, competition, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about serious money. Um, and Huawei has already managed to get some pretty big brands to start supporting their platform. They announced that they, uh, News UK, which is part of Rupert Murdoch's empire, it owns the most widely read newspaper in the UK, The Sun, as well as The Times and, and various other media properties. They announced that they would support, they would support the app gallery, the Huawei app gallery. Uh, gallery is huge, it is in the UK, it's asking a lot of money um, Oppo uh, sponsored the Cricket World Cup last year, um, which you know cricket is big in in India and and and, uh, and the UK and Australia and and not so much the US, but you know the a lot of the former British colonial nations. Right. So you have all these huge brands, and I think they're incentivized to focus on their app ecosystems partially out of self-preservation. Um, no, there's, there's no mistaking the fact that the U.S. entity list uh, cost Huawei daily in terms of its Western market share because people you know, are, are reticent to buy a phone that doesn't have the Google Play Store. Um, but, you know, so the, the, there's an element of self-preservation into nurturing your own app ecosystem but also it's potentially lucrative, right? If you're able to get 30% of, of every uh, in-app sale, every app Oh, purchase. absolutely. Although they're having issues yeah, with that yeah. now. There's a lot of uh, pushback for, for especially Apple. Like Netflix no longer collects in-app purchases, you know, through the app store because they don't want to pay the 30% fee. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... And if these companies can undercut Apple and Google, they, you know, developers may be incentivized to, to pay more attention. Um, and I think if anyone can undercut those two, it's Huawei, which has been accused of receiving massive state subsidies from the Chinese government. They deny it, but, you know, the, 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 <laughs> there's a prevailing belief that they get a lot of money from Beijing. So, I don't know, it, interesting times ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Super interesting. I'm glad you brought that uh, brought that to the table here because we haven't, you know, obviously we kind of stay within our, our our bubble. So hearing um, about the other side of the world and hearing about these other app stores that uh, we don't track and how they're how they're progressing and competing with Google, which we do track. Super fucking interesting. So thank you so much. Uh, I do have a question completely off topic uh, from what we've been <laughs> talking about. If you're all right. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so ride-sharing in the United States right now, it's essentially just Lyft and Uber. Every now and then, like, a smaller thing has popped up, but then eventually dies, and it never, I mean, it dies because it never really gained much traction. But in the UK, it looks, at least through my research, it looks like there are more options. Obviously, Lyft isn't there, but there's more options uh, than just two players. Ola just joined, and I just wanted to understand 
your perspective on that like is is more competition better as people say it is uh have you tried out ola is it nice just talk to us about the the uk uh ride sharing market yeah so um uber is the dominant player but it's also struggling um because there's been a lot of pushback certainly from um the local government in london which has um, suspended and then granted and then refused and then granted and refused to give it a license. So um, that uncertainty has, has in a way allowed other players to move in. So Taxify um, launched, um, it rebranded, I can't remember what it's called now. And of course there's Ola, which is um, a very interesting. Uh, a is, very is it Bolt? Uh, I think it might be Bolt. Don't quote me on that, but um, I, I think it because they did have to rebrand. Yeah. Um, but so the, the, there's Ola. Um, Ola is an Indian ride-sharing app, and the way that it rolled out was very gradually, um, and it kind of targeted markets where it's quite a big Indian uh, population. Um, so Cardiff, uh, I think Birmingham as well. It launched there, and and, and Liverpool, where I live. And it's interesting to see how it um, how how it, it, it it's approached those markets. So um, Ola is pretty much on par price wise of Uber, but it charges the drivers a fraction of of what Uber does. Uh, it, it's cut is a lot smaller. So drivers actually heavily push you to use Ola in Liverpool, certainly. Right. So. Uh, they will have signs for Ola in the car, and and they'll strongly, because they they want to get a oh, bigger absolutely. cut, and, and they, you know they they absolutely deserve it. Um, Ola has been extremely generous with the incentives in, in trying to acquire customers. So, I've I think I've had like two three free rides from them now. Um, so there's a lot of VC money sloshing around, right? Um. The other factor is um, a lot of the, the incumbent transportation companies is a, a company called Arriva, which runs the buses in Liverpool and some trains uh, across the country. In Wales, Arriva runs you know a lot of the trains there. So this is a legacy transportation company, not really one that you'd regard as a tech company, but they've started their own ride-sharing company called their own ride sharing product forgive me called Ariva Click and it is shared minibuses that you can get to pick you up and drop you off and it's a little bit cheaper and they have Wi-Fi and they have charging ports. So they're trying to compete on price and um uh, an experience as well. Uh, and have you ever taken one? No I haven't. Okay. Um, I just got a car, so I'm I'm enjoying that I haven't taken Uber anymore. Nice. Um, I mean, admittedly, uh, it broke down. Yeah, uh, cars twice. bring their own problems. Yeah, well, I, I, it was a brand new car. It broke down twice in the first month, but I got it. Um, so you know, broke down twice in 150 miles. That's like one breakdown every 75 miles. So you know, not a great. Uh, not a great statistic, but nonetheless. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so 
it's interesting to see how the local government, certainly in Liverpool, and I'm, I'm sure it's the case in other parts of the country, have, have responded quite well to Uber. It doesn't really have the baggage of Uber, uh, of, sorry, of a click. It doesn't have the baggage of Uber. There's, uh, the local government is more receptive. And in many cases, a click has replaced um, a lot of the traditional bus services. Uh, and that in itself has caused problems because people who take the bus tend to be older. Um, so they have to learn this new technology. And in the UK, um, old people get free bus transportation. Um, after you reach a certain point, you get a bus pass and that allows you free public transport on the buses. Um, and the actual integration between the bus passes and Arriva Click has been a little bit patchy to say the least. So uh, it's an interesting market right now. Excellent. Thank you for sharing. Um, all right, that that's all I got for you today. Do you have uh, you, you got anything else you, you want to get off your chest? Um, not really. Uh, I just <laughs> I think I, I mean I think you got a lot off anyway, especially in the beginning there. Yeah, yeah. I I, I got a little sidetracked towards the end, but yeah, no. Um, <laughs> wash your hands. Right. Wash your hands. Uh, don't touch your face. Um, be I, safe. Ju- I just touched my face like a second before you said that. Don't lick any doorknobs. Yes. Um, don't don't lick any elevator buttons. Okay. Um, yeah. It might be it might be easier to get a list of things that we are allowed to lick. Um, <laughs> I'm not making that joke. Um, I'm. I'm this is, this is a grown-up podcast. I'm never going to get invited back. Let's be honest. Might as well just enjoy it. No, no, no. Inv- invites in the mail, Matt. Um, so people, so I think for people, I think people will be interested though in what you've what you've shared and what you had to say and 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 in your general knowledge base and want to follow along with you. So uh, everyone, one, you can obviously read Matt at the re- is it the register.co.uk, I believe. And then yes, it is. Okay, and then they can find you on Twitter at Matthew Hughes. Hughes is H-U-G-S-E-S. No, sorry. H-U-G-H-E-S. Are you sure about that? Nah, I'm, I'm honestly not. I'm not sure. <laughs> Matt, H-U-G-H-E-S. And Matthew has two T's. Excellent. They, they, you know, when I listen to other podcasts and they like, they'll be like, oh, you can find them at whatever. And like, sometimes it's simple. It's like at Bob, got it. But sometimes they have like a, you don't have a complicated name, but they'll have a complicated name. And I'm like, there's, I'm not finding that. You say you don't have a complicated name, but um, I used to live in Switzerland uh, and I did IT work for a, an NGO. And uh, whenever one of the, the, the company laptops broke down, I had the cold Dell in Germany and their English was impeccable, but they couldn't pronounce my last name. How did they so say they it? would call me Mr. Huge. Nice. Mr. Huge. Was that an ego boost I, or I, did you not like it? Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a little chubby, but I mean, <laughs> you don't have to rub it in. Uh, all right. Excellent. Um, all right. That, that's a, we'll, we'll wrap it up. We went a little long. Uh, thank you so much for the time, Matt, and uh, uh, we will be in touch. I'm sure you'll be invited back. All right. <laughs> I, know, I know I said that your existence is meaningless and your industry is fucked. I don't think your industry is fucked. I think that you've got some interesting challenges ahead. Absolutely, but, uh, for sure. 
but your existence is meaningless. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, Bye. man. Ciao. Bye. All right. Uh, thanks to Matt. He After that interview, he uh, sent me a DM on Twitter and said uh, he he did have a lot of fun, even though he had some dark things to say, potentially the darkest ever on this podcast. Um, <laughs> he, wow. he, he had I a lo- hope to beat him one day. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, no, he, he had a lot of fun, and, so, uh, and he's a great wealth of information, so I'm sure we'll have him back. So our thanks to Matt. Um, let's get into some Aptopia trends. Peloton. Peloton. So, Madeline, um, Adam, we're talking health and fitness apps. We're talking about Peloton. Before I get into it, I just want to know, you know, your personal situation. Um, we've obviously been quarantined. Have you been able to keep up the same amount uh, of physical activity as you normally would? What have, what have you been doing, if anything? All right. Listen, uh, if you know me, you know, I'm just a beacon of health. You know, I'm just like the fountain of youth over here. So uh, while my while I'm more sedentary and my carb intake is up, um, we're working out. At home workouts, I am sitting next to my jar of tomato basil marinara from Trader Joe's, and I am using that because it is exactly one pound to work out. It's probably my most heavyweight object that I have around me. Um, so if you have tomato sauce, there's no excuses, people. Okay. Use a lot you can do. Just do extra reps and it'll all even out. And, uh, and what, what, does it say Trader Joe's on the can or? Oh, no, no, no. Trader (laughs) Giotto's. I love that. There's probably an Italian person out there who wants to like slap me if that, if you say that differently. But, uh, yeah, I, I love their, like, mildly inappropriate um, different spinoffs for their cuisines. Yeah, I didn't realize that. So just anything Italian, they call it Trader Giotto's. Yeah, you know what the worst is, though? Oh, they have, like, Trader Ming's and stuff. It's it's not – I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Let me know on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Anyways, what have you been doing to work out? Um. <sighs> My girlfriend follows these people on Instagram who are doing these like live workouts, um, and so she's been doing a lot of that. And she, they they save once the the live things over, they save. So uh, I did one of them, and it was it was tough to keep up. It's not my type of workout. Normally, I just go for a run or lift some weights, uh, and they are very involved. So I struggled, but I've I've been trying to do that, and then. Uh, I'm a scuba diver, so I have these like scuba weights. They they help you sink. Um, and the but the individually the biggest that or the heaviest that they are is four pounds. So I'm just like doing these four pound bicep curls and just like hoping that I don't wither away. He's gonna get huge. Yeah. 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 You need to just eat more. Probably you need to eat the amount of pasta that I'm eating. Okay, got it. Okay, all right, there. so lift the <laughs> yeah. scuba weights, eat the pasta. Got it. Okay. Um, it's bulking season again. Excellent. So, sorry for the deviation, folks. We're going to get into uh, Peloton. I wrote something on the blog, blog.aptopia.com. Y'all know it by now. Peloton app installs rise 245%, comma, but doesn't mean anything. And... Um, <laughs> And the reason why I say that is because 
if you look at the trajectory of the pandemic and you look at other workout apps, uh, we're talking about Nike Training Club, we're talking about Under Armour Map My Run, Strava, these all started to increase their uh, daily global downloads early on in March, right? Uh, and if you look at Peloton, we didn't see any, it was flatlining as these are all, uh, you know, surging up until March 16th. What do you think happened on March 16th? I don't know. Tell me. Yeah, she does know because we already recorded this podcast, but she's being (laughs) nice and that's what a good podcast partner does. So (laughs) that's what a good coworker does. (laughs) So, uh, what happened on the 16th is that they said, Hey, you know, we normally have a 30 day free trial for our mobile app. By the way, a subscription for Peloton's mobile app is 1299 per month and we're boosting it. We're boosting it to 90 days free. So get it while it's hot. And, and people did, they got it. And so downloads started to surge, right? You were looking at like a baseline. And it's hot. You were looking at a baseline of like 4,000 downloads per day. Now we're up near like, you know, 18, 19, 20. And, but, so that's a lot of downloads. Uh, Why am I worried about that? I I don't know that it's necessarily going to help Peloton's bottom line. Because typically uh, for our finance folks out there, you know that Peloton's mobile app data often correlates with what they're uh, producing quarterly, their quarterly results. And in this situation, they weren't seeing people, they didn't have mind share in that respect, right? Their competitors were rising. They didn't. They had to open up. They had to make this news about um, an extended free trial. And the other thing is that people who have the bike, they're probably not downloading this app because they already have the bike and they're already using it. And it's likely a lot of people who don't have the bike. And, are, you know, are they going to go out, especially now, and buy a $2,200 bike? Or do they just want to use the app, for those of you who don't know, the app you don't need the bike for? They probably just want to use the app for the in-home workouts and the yoga that the app has. And so, you know, we know just from being at Uptopia, SaaS business, like the more leads you stuff in the funnel, uh, you know, the more revenue you're going to get out of it. So do I think that Peloton will benefit from this surge? Yeah, I think they will. But I don't necessarily think that this spike is going to be as impactful as you would normally think a spike in Peloton is. Um, so that's that's my theory on it. I just don't know how much it matters for their bottom line. But yes, once they announced a 90-day free trial, things started picking up for them. Right, because now that I know about a 90-day free trial, day free trial i'm definitely going to download it and i'm definitely never buying that bike so yeah there we go i'm an example of it it's a pricey one um so uh we we did some mainly you but we did some work with uh ad colony (laughs) uh as it pertains to mobile games what what, what's what's going on there this is our second recording of this podcast and he's still trying to get credit for this mobile game (laughs) only kidding here um so we teamed up with ad colony and we were looking at the mobile gaming landscape as people work from home and uh our findings you know were definitely interesting but sort of expected so what's happening here hardcore categories like action adventure racing those have actually slowed uh, because the hardcore gamers are turning to their in-home consoles and right now a lot of mobile first gamers are having a moment they're revisiting games that either they played a while back and now they're playing them again to hang out with friends playing games family so 
let's say like trivia games, for instance, um, they saw a significant jump on March 1st in app sessions. Uh, and that, you know, is obviously because more people are playing and, and trying to connect and, and keep busy while at home. Exactly. What I would, yeah. Uh, what are you what, sma- would... what are you smashing on your keyboard right now? <laughs> what am I sm- Oh, am I? Like, are you hearing something At- live right now? Uh, I'm pretty sure every time you hit your keyboard, you- I'm hearing it, but... <laughs> oh, boy. That must be so annoying to all my listeners out there. I don't know. Actually, maybe I'm using my mouse. I'm going to stop using my mouse now. Um... <laughs> So let me tell you about some more gaming things now that I've annoyed the crap out of you all. We got Perfect Cream is the number one free game on iOS today. It's a casual game. It's an ASMR type situation, an oddly satisfying type situation where you apply cream to objects. Who doesn't love applying (laughs) cream to objects? (laughs) Who doesn't love that? Um, So it's popping off right now. All right. Downloads are up like well over a thousand percent. And the number two spot on iOS right now is also a casual game called Blended 3D. I don't know anything about it, but those downloads are up over 11,000% from two weeks ago. You probably so, just put things in a blender and watch it like get pureed. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. God, God, God. So, it's, really? so it's that same thing, that like oddly satisfying thing. I just feel like. Man, this is a tough time right now. <laughs> People are like, please, I'll do anything. I'll spread cream on something. Just, I need I to relax. They're like, God, give me some toothpaste. I'd love to put that on a toothbrush right now. Um, and this this also notes that something that stuck out to me was word games. So sessions, downloads, they're, they're rising uh, for word games and at least in my life, this makes sense because I've gotten a lot of people wanting to um, re-engage on Words with Friends, I think, as people, you know, try to find different channels to to just socialize with their friends that they can't see right now. Right. My friends are trying to get me on Animal Crossing, so. Oh, yes. All right. We're doing our live lookup of Animal Crossing because I have heard a ton about Animal Crossing. I've seen people tweeting uh that it's like the only thing keeping them sane right now. So Animal Crossing is a game from Nintendo. I'm live looking it up on Eptopia.com. And traditionally, so we're talking like the end of February, uh, looks like they're averaging around 28,000 new installs per day. This is globally. And then if we just look at yesterday, March 25th, it's about 200,000. So that's that's absolutely wow. massive. Like, um, I'm bad at math, but I think it's at least an eight, 8x increase. And it is. It's so bad at math. The worst. Um, this is why I didn't do Madeline's taxes, even though she asked me to. So, <laughs> no. uh, but re- revenue. Uh, revenue we haven't seen an increase for yet. Uh, maybe that will come. But if, if you were to just look at the data, it kind of does look like there's a revenue spike. But if you back that out, if you look at the past 90 days, uh, you'll actually see that there's there's similar spikes previously. So it's not anything special or new, but a lot of new downloads for Animal Crossing. That's interesting. All right. Maybe I'll be one of those new downloads. And in the meantime, everyone, please go to adcolony.com slash blog and check out the latest on mobile gaming. Boom. Um, okay. What do we get? What do we get? Oh, last last little thing uh, that we noticed. So if, if you're a newsletter reader, and of course you are, uh, 
you saw that there's an app called Rave that's really on the rise right now. Uh, it's kind of interesting I, to me. I, it, it's it's this it's this app that essentially because you can't be with your friends. Um, it lets you like both start and watch a Netflix movie or something on Netflix or uh, or other video apps, frankly, and lets you talk and chat at the same time that you're watching it. So it's kind of like you're watching it together. Wait, is that something you would use? Is that like interesting to you? Um, I yeah, actually, I guess. But then I was like, why wouldn't I just like FaceTime my boo and put on a movie? So the difference with this is it's like it's like a split screen on your phone. It's like the top half of your phone is like the Netflix and the bottom half is like your chat. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that's not exactly how I love viewing movies. Uh, but... Yeah. Exa- oh, you cut out there for a second. I would do it for the squad. Um. You cut out there for a second, so when you came back, all everyone heard is, I would do it for this squad. That's all I said. Perfect. Excellent. So, Rave is an app that's been around since 2015, believe it or not, but it hasn't had much traction. So, it was averaging, you know, like below 10,000 downloads per day. Um, and I haven't checked super recently, but a week ago, it was up around uh, just, just under 110,000 downloads per day. So, pretty wild. Now, Instagram. I don't... They, they came out with this. Um, obviously, the Rave has been around since 2015, so I can't just be like, Instagram copied them. But uh, it just kind of looks like that if you were to recently hear about Rave and then see what Instagram's doing now. So Instagram, just a day or two ago, announced that they have a new way for people um, to connect. And so they can video chat with their friends while they're looking at the same like Instagram feed, basically. Uh, is that something you would do? I, I'm just not an Instagram user, so I don't know. That is weird <laughs> that's really weird i'm trying to think about it i you know what sounds really terrible i feel like bullies would do that like i feel like you could then like make fun of people together um maybe i'm a bully for thinking that but that's what comes to mind yeah I, i'd be curious i'm sure if it's they'll only do it if it's successful but i'd love to know their engagement on that specific uh feature me too all right, we're we're close to being done because we know the the Hughes interview was long. Um, we're gonna play a game. I of mean, not that you guys have a lot to do. Okay, hang on. Um, <laughs> uh, but so I think I think we have one item for in or out. Is that correct? Yeah. So basically, Madeline, we're gonna get into this. But are you in or out? Yeah. Contactless or not? Are you in or out on delivery or takeout of any kind? in the times like these oh in the times like these Ah. at this moment oh this is so hard i can't you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna say something i didn't think i was gonna say i'm gonna say i'm in but i need to explain okay i am out, but I've already broke my rule, and we can get into that too. Who, who should go first? Maybe you, because you you already did it. Okay, so I'm out on it. Uh, I am like, I'm I, I'm trying to like seal myself off from the world. I'm just uh, generally terrified, and but. <laughs> 
But, you know, pizza cravings will do funny things to you people. And so the other day, uh, I'm quarantined with my girlfriend and we we just we said, screw it. We need some Domino's. We need some pizza in this house. And I ordered it. I did get the contactless delivery. They left it on my porch. I went out there in some like nitro gloves. I picked it up. Uh, brought it into my house, dropped it right on the floor, right when I got in the house, or not dropped it, placed it, uh, opened the box, threw out the gloves. My girlfriend came over with clean hands and just touched as much as she could, just the pizza and put it on a plate, disposed of the box. Uh, actually, so I didn't throw my gloves out yet. I used the gloves to dispose of the box, then threw the gloves out. And then we ate the pizza. Uh, I'm sure that's not a foolproof plan. I'm sure medical people would not say you have 100% removed the risk, but the pizza was good, and now, but I got scared after, and I'll never do it again. Tell me about your situation. Well, I just really love that image of you doing all of that. I can imagine you being so anal about it. So uh, I really yes. dig that image. The reason why I will say I'm in, and I haven't done it yet during this time, but I'm tentatively in because, number one, I'm really feeling for businesses right now, and I'm nervous about, like, there's this one place in particular in my neighborhood that just opened up, and they opened up because they won a contest, and this guy had this beautiful story about how, you know, the restaurant came to be, and here his grand opening happened right when all this stuff went down, and I feel like I need to go... You you cut out. Do it. You said well, you said you feel like you saying, need to go there. Yeah, I feel like I gotta help him out. Um, that is tough. That time, that is tough, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes me feel really really bad. They have these incredible shrimp and grits, and I just feel like what that kind of place is it? Be worse timing. It is uh, soul food and Asian fusion. Um, and it's called, I'll just going to name it. It's called 50 kitchen. And if you're ever in Boston, um, it's, it's a great place, but I, I don't, you know, I hope it does. Okay. Um, so I'm like thinking about getting food from there. And also I was telling Adam, my first job was at a pizza place. I feel like if you get pizza, maybe just ask for them not to cut it. Because if you think about it, yeah, you get the pizza right out of the oven with one of those board things, and then they put it right into a box. And the only time they'd be breathing on it would be when they go to go cut it. So maybe just you know skip that step, and it could be safe. Maybe. Yeah, that's a great tip. Um, and I wish I knew that before, but whatever. But you know, that's a good point. Like I do feel bad for these businesses, obviously, um, but I crave it so much. So if they are able to survive, like once this is over or more safe, like I am coming in hot. Like I'm saving my paychecks, and I'm going into restaurants, bars, and I'm just ordering all of their food because I'll be sick of cooking things myself. Yeah, absolutely. I cannot wait to get Shake Shack when this is all over. <laughs> um all right that that wraps it up uh we do have a streaming video streaming report coming out with braze i believe april 2nd so i'm sure you guys will see that but other than that madeline you got anything for the people or or can i can we go eat dinner listen guys stay safe out there uh you know tune in on mobile and um that's all i got go eat dinner baby 
All right, have a good one. Bye, guys. Lucini pouring from the sky, let's get rich. What? The GK Vance and Sugar Dimes can't quit. What? Now pop the cork and steam the Vega and get lit. What? 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 Introducing Phantom of the Dark. Walk through my heaven with levitation from Reefers, Drench, and Defense, and Neef Seven Show.